This program was pre-recorded from the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. From Toronto, Canada, this is Radio Rotary. Hi everyone, this is Kathy Kruger. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And this is Dave Kruger. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Today we are coming to you from the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. We'll be talking with Rotarians from around the world about Rotary's service to humanity. We're saying hello now to Donna Gunn of Lakeway, Lake Travis, Texas, a Rotarian. And uh, Donna is involved with something called 3D printing, and she's going to tell us all about it. Donna, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you, and I am so happy to be able to talk to all of you about the marvelous invention that 3D printed limbs is and what a difference it makes in the lives of children. It is much less expensive, it's much quicker, and it is allowing children everywhere to have access to an artificial limb. So these are young people who have lost a hand or a foot or a leg and need a prosthetic device, which in here in Canada or in the United States may cost thousands of dollars, and you're able to do that with 3D printing now. Uh, is it much less expensive? Much less. Uh, the average cost over the life of a youngster growing up with an artificial limb might be as much as 50000 We can print an artificial 3D printed socket for around 200 oh and it takes gosh. much less time. And if it's not a perfect fit, you take a hairdryer and you heat the socket, and then it becomes a perfect fit. And within about two to three hours of the time they put the limb on the child, they're up and walking. So now as the child grows, how does that work then? Well, thankfully, Baylor College of Medicine has invented a prosthesis that can be enlarged at one sixteenth of an inch at a time. So instead of me flying to Tanzania three times a year to change out the leg for the little ones we've been caring for, now they can turn a screw, increase the length, and the child will be fine. So it's quite an invention. That's absolutely amazing. That is lovely. That is, so these children then don't lose any of their mobility. They just keep, as they grow, they're able to just to keep walking and crawling or whatever they... That's lovely. Actually, they keep jumping and hopping and skipping just like <laughs> any other child. And in fact, in Tanzania, the culture of the Maasai uh, says that the child who's born with an artificial limb is the product of the mother's sin. So these children are shunned. They're not allowed to go to school. They can't interact with the children in the village. So we are working with another nonprofit. We're opening a school in November. And praise God, we're going to have room for six little kids with an artificial limb. And that's a very tiny start, but it's a start. And we're hoping that the Minister of Education in Tanzania and other well-meaning people will see what we're doing and say, let's jump on the bandwagon, let's get these kids in school. Now, Donna, for those who may not know, what is a 3D printer? It is an Italian printer, and it's the most amazing thing. It's like uh, magic. They take a laptop with a scanner, they, they circle the stump of the child, they send it to the cloud, it comes back down, it's printed, and two or three hours later, the child is walking and I am crying happy tears. <laughs> and if the child wants a particular color, they can have a particular color? Well, what we're working on now is starting to do things like uh, nursery figures, like Mickey Mouse or Frozen or whatever the kids are into, so that we're trying to remove the stigma. Now, the little girl, Kodogo, that I've been caring for since uh, 2010, still is a little bit shy about her limb, so I buy her matching uh, uh, knit stockings and 
you know, whatever that goes with her dress. And I laugh and I say she's probably the only child in Tanzania that's been dressed from Nordstrom's. <laughs> well, Donna Gunn, Gun, uh, uh, Rotarian, uh, if people at home want, want more information about this project, do you have a website? We do. We have a uh, 3D limb website. We encourage you to look us up. We also have our regular Lake Travis, Lakeway Rotary page. And, uh, boy, you can call me and I'll talk your ear off because this is an amazing project for our club. Well, Donna, thank you for everything you're doing to help young people walk again. And thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so And again, much. and uh, you're taking children that are beautiful, healthy, normal children that just need a little chance. They need know? a hand up. A little hand up. Right. Or a leg up. Leg up. <laughs> right. yeah. And in fact, that's a good point. The reason that we're not doing hands is because you can survive if you're missing a hand. But if you can't walk, right. you can't get anywhere. So we have chosen to focus on the lower limb extremities, and the results we're seeing are, are really pretty exciting. We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Toronto, Canada after these important messages. Together, we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together, we bring food to hungry children in need. Together, we see solutions instead of problems. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, community leaders in your neighborhood and around the globe, brought together to do one thing, make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. Together, we are Rotary, and we are people of action. Addiction, it can ruin relationships, lead to job insecurity, legal troubles, and health issues. It can also lead to death. 160,000 Americans are dying each year from alcohol or drug-related deaths, but sobriety is possible. Do you or a loved one have an addiction to drugs or alcohol? This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of Mental Health America of Dutchess County and the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, The Mark Agency. The Mark Agency has a full range of addiction services at no cost to you. It starts with detox and rehab and then offers halfway houses serving men and women and finally long-term sober housing. It's time to get sober. It's time to call the Mark Crisis Center at 471-0310. Get serious about improving your life and kicking that addiction. It's time to stop disappointing yourself and others, and it's time to reach your full life's potential. Call 471-0310 anytime, day or night. This has been your monthly MHA and Mark Agency Mental Health Minute. Remember, there's no health without mental health. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. This program was pre-recorded from the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. Welcome back to our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. We're delighted to welcome to Radio Rotary here in Toronto, Canada, from Sevastopol, California, Peggy Rogers, a Rotarian. Uh, Peggy, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you. Now, you're here at the Rotary International Convention talking to 24,000 Rotarians about a very important topic preventing domestic violence. How big a problem is domestic violence around the world? 
it's estimated by the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control that one in three to four women and children are affected by domestic violence worldwide. And a few years ago, the World Health Organization and the Surgeon General and CDC all said that it was the number one health issue worldwide. Uh, women are the victims more often than men, but some men are as well. Young children are extremely vulnerable to it. So, uh, you know, you hear a lot about um, this kind of thing in court cases, but how hidden is this problem? I mean, is it is it uh, well-known or is it uh, a, kind of a dirty secret nobody wants to talk about? Well, since the hashtag MeToo movement and the hashtag not, uh, enough is enough and those kinds of movements, it's begun to become more of a conversation. But what I'm finding as I speak to Rotary Clubs is that a lot of people don't know that it exists in their own community, and it does. It's in every community, and it's not just the lower socioeconomic strata. It's all strata from the very wealthy down to the very poor. Uh, and it is a problem that is hidden sometimes in communities where the women feel shamed that they have stayed with the man they love who's been beating her. One of the reasons she doesn't leave is because she has no place to go. Housing is a huge issue for victims of domestic violence. And you said uh, about uh, people beating. It's also uh, psychological domestic violence. We may not raise a hand to the woman, but is very controlling otherwise. Is that also a problem? Absolutely. There's financial there's financial uh, abuse where they withhold funds. They, they don't let them go to work often. They isolate them. There's... Uh, emotional abuse, there's elder abuse, there's child abuse, uh, the sexting on on uh, social media for the preteens and teens, that's a huge problem because the kids don't know that there's consequences to posting things about uh, their nudity and that kind of thing. And one in four kids who participate in sexting commit suicide. Wow. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to ask you was the age. I see you have posters here in your booth about women being sexually assaulted in college. Um, you said one in five women. So I wanted to ask you about the ages here and then the tweens you were talking about. So if you could hit on the age groups here. Okay. The tweens are, uh, say, 10 to 14, 13, that area. They, uh, in their research projects, the numbers vary depending on what university or what organization is doing their their research, but it's basically one in five kids between the ages of, say, 10 and 13 know somebody who's had a dating violence incident, and one in uh, four or five kids who are in dating uh, age do experience dating violence, shoving, pushing, uh, stalking on, on social media. Where are you? What are you doing? And uh, there's there are programs out there that will help teens learn what to watch out for and how to be a bystander helper of their friends. And if folks at home would like more information either about the uh, problem with domestic violence or uh, where they can seek help, uh, do you folks have a website? We do. We have the uh, international website, which is the ragfamsafe.org, R-A-G-F-A-M-S-A-F-E.org, and then we also have um, 
our own local club in Sebastopol, we have a, a district-wide uh, Facebook page called D5130 Family Safety, and it's on Facebook.com. Well, Peggy Rogers of Sebastopol, California, an outstanding Rotarian, thank you for everything you're doing to make family life safe, and thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you very much, and our, our partners are in Australia, so we're, we're a worldwide organization. Well, we'll say good day to them. Thank you, Peggy. We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Toronto, Canada, after these important messages. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank. For all of your personal business and wealth management needs, visit them at salisburybank.com. That's salisburybank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AAR Auctions. Tell your friends about us, and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. Hi, I'm Rotarian Adam Kane for Poughkeepsie Nissan. From the economical Nissan Versa to the luxurious Nissan Armada to the exciting all-new electric Nissan Leaf, we have the right car for you. Come see our wide selection of new and previously owned vehicles at Poughkeepsie Nissan, Route 9 in Wappingers Falls, and visit us at PoughkeepsieNissan.com or call me direct, Adam Kane at 866-703-2288. That's 866-703. 32288 Poughkeepsie Nissan lower prices and higher standards This program was pre-recorded from the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. Welcome back to our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. This is Kathy Kruger. Today we are very pleased and honored to interview Ian Risley here in Toronto in one of his last days as president of Rotary International. President Ian, congratulations on the completion of a successful year as RI president, and thank you for spending time with us on Radio Rotary today. It's a pleasure to be with both of you. Thank you. Thank you, President Ian. I had a question regarding uh, about a year ago, you took on the responsibility, the major role of being the president of RI. I wondered as you came into that role, what major concerns you might have had and how those worked out for you during your year? In fact, the process is quite long. A year, or 10 months I should say, as the president nominee, and then a year as president-elect, and then a year as president. So there's a lot of time to, to do and to plan and to think. 
and I'm grateful for that because I am a, a, a compulsive planner. That's how things are. You said uh, principal concerns that I had maybe at the start. Well, whether I'd be able to get to all of the places that I wanted to visit, and Julie and I have been very fortunate. We've been, uh, as they used to say in the movies, we've been around. But uh, 59 countries, and we consciously chose to go to places where presidents tended not to go. So uh, the first, the very first visit this year, for example, was to Serbia and Hungary. And also we went to a part of, uh, of Italy, rather than just go to the major cities, we went out to the island of Sardinia. So that was a conscious decision. And there are all sorts of advantages in that. Why should they not ever see the RI president just because they're slightly out of the way? The disadvantage is they go a bit troppo when they see you, and therefore there's, every night is late and there's nine million um, requests for photographs and so on, but that's the job and it's fabulous. I loved it. I know you wanted sure. every Rotarian to plant mm -hmm. a tree. Do you have any idea how many trees were planted in your year here? Um, well... No, not precisely, but what I do know is we're a long way in front of 1.2 million, a long way in front. For example, um, uh, I have told this story to a couple of people, but now let your listeners hear it. We have a director this year on Rotary International's board from the country of Romania, and uh, the government of Romania found out about the tree planting challenge. So they said to Director Corneliu, what can you do? How can we work together? We have the need for trees. We have the trees. We believe in planting more trees, but we can't plant them because it's, we don't have the manpower. How about we supply the trees, the Rotarians plant the trees? Excellent, said Cornelius. How many are we talking? And they said, well, the figure of 1.2 million has been mentioned. <laughs> so... There's an agreement in place, which means that the government of Romania over the next X number of years will provide 1.2 million trees and the Rotarians of Romania will plant them. That's a really good example. That's amazing. That'll keep them busy for a while. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, and President Ian, at this year's Rotary International Convention, we had a very strong emphasis on youth. The speakers, the master of ceremonies, uh, was very interesting, and it included, of course, the celebration of the 50th anniversary of Rotaract. How do you think Rotary is doing in its effort to attract and retain younger members? Okay, but we can do a lot better. It is a conscious decision of mine to feature younger people here at this convention. A series of reasons. First of all, uh, we need to be seen to be relevant to younger people. We don't want to have people joining at 60. I mean, we're happy to have them joining at 60, but if they all join at 60, the amount of time available to them to provide service above self is much less. So we need to make sure that we appeal to those who are in their 30s. There's many people uh, as Rotary leaders who joined very young. Ravi Ravindran, I think, was 21 years of age when he joined Rotary. I know, gosh, there, there's been so many of them. Uh, Louis G.I., I think, was in his early 20s. So we need to be in a position where we do appeal to those people. The other trick, and you mentioned it, is retaining them. Young people, I believe, get a bad rap. 
they're described variously as being sort of self-centred and selfish and all that. I think that is absolute nonsense. I think they are as committed as we ever were to making a difference in the world. What they will not do is waste their time. They are very time sensitive. They want to do something with their time. So we can't expect them to join, come to lunch once a week for the next five years while we sort of work out whether we really have something for you. That's not going to fly. They've got to be kept busy. And I think we see lots of examples of that. The number of young club presidents I'm seeing this last year has been terrific. So we need to maintain that. But to retain them, we need to keep them busy. And we need to listen to them. Listen to them. Very good. Thank you. What has been the most fun that you have had this year? You've done a lot of good. That's obvious. What would you say has been the most fun? Oh, Kathy, just about everything's fun. <laughs> if, if, you, if you make... If you try to have fun, you will. Uh, there's a limit, in my opinion, to how far people will go to do things just because it's the right thing to do. If you can have fun at the same time and make a significant difference to the world, why would you not? I really believe having fun is a critical part of Rotary. The word fellowship I never quite understood, and I'm not sure I do now. No one else uses it in any other environment close to what we do. But it's more than fun, it's more than companionship, it's more than friendship. It's the fact that we, we do things together, we enjoy ourselves, and we achieve a purpose. Fun is a critically important part of life. I love having fun. That's Most obvious. people do. Most yeah. people do. And so why would we just go ho-hum, let's go through the motions and let's do good in the world. Much better to have fun and do it. And finally, at this year's Rotary International Convention, we heard from three current and former prime ministers. And, of course, we work closely with many governments around the world and international organizations in our efforts to eradicate polio. Do you anticipate that Rotary will continue develop, to develop these ties in the future? We do have good relations with many of the governments of the world and the leadership, uh, and I think that's important. I am on record as saying that partnerships are the way to a successful future in Rotary. There's a limit to what we can do ourselves. Polio eradication is the best example of how, if you do things as partners, pool your resources. What can we do? We can advocate, we can talk to governments, we can do all of these sort of things. What can Bill Gates do? He can provide advocacy, he can get publicity, he can give money. What can the World Health Organization do? They can arrange immunizations, etc., etc. If we all come together as partners, we can achieve much more. The same, I'm sure, will happen into the future. We're, we're doing more and more partnerships, not of that scale, but more and more. And I think that's, that's the way of the future. Uh, I, I'd be fairly confident that whatever we do next after polio, assuming we do something, and I believe we will, it's likely to include a significant partnership somewhere. We've already spoken to the World Health Organization and UNICEF. We've talked to, we had a meeting at the Gates Foundation, gosh, when was that? And 18 months ago, about ways in which we can work together into the future. So that will happen without doubt. And so it's relationships and, shall I say, contacts at the highest level uh, in governments and, uh, and heads of state, which is really important. And we're, we're very fortunate in that our organization is very well respected. Um, you will see a photograph of the, the head of the French Senate, the President of the French Senate, and the President of Fiji. Been fortunate to meet both of them. 
along with the President of Hungary on that first trip I mentioned earlier, heads of state all over the place, they recognise what Rotary is and what Rotary does, and that's really important. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with us, and thank you for being who you are. You've done so much for Rotary, and we just we appreciate everything you've done for the world. It's a pleasure to chat to you, Kathy and Dave, and uh, good luck with uh, the rest of your broadcast career, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for what you do to keep the Rotary word out there amongst not only fellow members but the non-Rotary public. Very important. Uh, Rotary has in the past been described as a, a well-kept secret and we just cannot have that. So people need to do whatever they can to get the message out. And through programs like yours, that's a good way to start. So thank you. It's been a great pleasure to bring you today's edition of Radio Rotary from the Rotary International Convention in Toronto, Canada. Our thanks to the great folks at the Rotary Press Office, Chanel Williams and Vivian Fiore, for all their assistance. And a special thank you to our great engineer, Jay Versey, for editing this show. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my convention co-host Dave Kruger, our producer Kathy Kruger, this is Jonah Trebois, so thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. So long from Toronto. Hi, this is Kathy Kruger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Kruger, at 845-635-3499. That's 845-635-3499 for full details. Or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. Looking forward to working with you.